Welcome to a special edition of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. On today's broadcast, Andrew will be sharing about the importance of having a biblical worldview. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. And this week, I'm going to do something very special. I've been waiting to do this for years. The Lord spoke to me about three or four years ago about how I needed to teach on a biblical worldview. And yet this teaching is different than when I just take, you know, Scripture and teach verse by verse through it. I bring a lot of statistics and I'm bringing in quotes. We're putting in videos. We're doing all kinds of things to supplement what I'm talking about. And so it has been an effort. It has been a couple of years that we've been working on this. And we now have a product available. It comes in a big uh, container like this. And I'm going to start playing uh, what I call the foundation series of the biblical worldview. So we're going to go into that teaching today. I believe it'll really bless you. Make sure you stay tuned at the end of today's program so that you can get the offer about how you can receive this brand new product. Praise God. Today, I am beginning a brand new series that I've entitled A Biblical Worldview. And I really believe that this is going to be one of the most important things that I've ever shared. Of course, I say that about everything I share, but this is going to be something that I think is pertinent to us today. I'm going to be giving you a lot of statistics and showing you from surveys that there is a very, very small percentage of even Christians that have a biblical worldview. And the reason that we see our society going in the direction it's going is because people have departed from having a biblical perspective on things. So let me just start right here by describing or trying to define what a biblical worldview is. A biblical worldview is just a framework of basic beliefs that we have, and then in parentheses, whether we know it or not, that shapes our view of the world. Now, this is important that whether you know it or not, you do have a worldview. You have a way of looking at things. It's a paradigm. It's a way of thinking that shapes and, sh and shadows every single thing that comes your way. It's how you process things. Now, there's a lot of people that would disagree with that, but it is absolutely true, and I'm going to be showing that to you. It's a filter through which we process every piece of information that comes to us. It's a belief or a perspective which flavors all of our perceptions. It's a paradigm. And you know, an example of this would be an optimist and a pessimist. Do you know, those are different worldviews. You might use a different way of looking at it, but it's a different attitude. It's a different perspective. It's a different paradigm. And depending on how you have programmed yourself depends on how you react to things. You could take a pessimist and an optimist. You could put them side by side, expose them to identical circumstances, and you would get different results. You know, the classic example is that if you see a glass of water that's half you know, up to the half mark. Well, a pessimist will say the thing's half empty. An optimist will say it's half full. And it's just a way that you have of looking at it. And over a period of time, you develop this worldview, this way of looking at things that flavors everything that you do. 
AND SO A BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW WILL CHANGE THE WAY THAT YOU SEE THINGS FROM PEOPLE WHO DON'T HAVE A BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW. FOR INSTANCE, LET ME JUST TAKE uh, THE EXAMPLE OF DEATH. DEATH IS SOMETHING THAT IS COMMON TO EVERY SINGLE PERSON. AND THERE ARE SOME PEOPLE THAT RESPOND TO THIS IN NOTHING BUT TOTAL FEAR AND TERROR AND DREAD. THEY HATE IT. THEY HATE TO EVEN MENTION IT. THEY HATE TO EVEN ACKNOWLEDGE IT. THEY TRY AND IGNORE IT. THERE ARE OTHER PEOPLE THAT HAVE A BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW THAT IF YOU UNDERSTAND IT CORRECTLY, DEATH IS ACTUALLY THE BEST PART OF LIVING. NOW, SEE, THAT MAY SOUND REALLY STRANGE, BUT LET ME JUST EXPLAIN WHAT I'M TALKING ABOUT. YOU KNOW, THE BIBLE SAYS IN ROMANS CHAPTER 6, VERSE 23, FOR THE WAGES OF SIN IS DEATH, BUT THE GIFT OF GOD IS ETERNAL LIFE THROUGH JESUS CHRIST OUR LORD. ALSO, JAMES CHAPTER 1, VERSE 15 SAYS, THEN WHEN LUST HATH CONCEIVED, IT BRINGS FORTH SIN, AND SIN, WHEN IT IS FINISHED, BRINGS FORTH DEATH. NOW, THESE ARE JUST TWO SCRIPTURES THAT TALK ABOUT DEATH BEING RELATED TO SIN. SO WHEN GOD FIRST CREATED ADAM AND EVE, HE DID NOT INTEND DEATH. THAT WAS NOT PART OF GOD'S ORIGINAL PLAN FOR US. AND I BELIEVE THAT DEATH WAS NEVER SOMETHING THAT GOD WANTED US TO EXPERIENCE. BUT ONCE WE SINNED, IN GENESIS CHAPTER 2, VERSE 17, THE LORD TOLD ADAM, IN THE DAY YOU EAT OF THE FRUIT, YOU SHALL SURELY DIE. AND SO EVEN THOUGH DEATH WASN'T PART OF GOD'S ORIGINAL PURPOSE FOR US, ONCE SIN ENTERED INTO THE PICTURE, DEATH IS ACTUALLY A GOOD THING. AND I KNOW THAT THERE'S PEOPLE, AGAIN, THAT ARE JUST, YOU KNOW, LIKE, SHOCKED. LIKE, HOW COULD YOU SAY THAT DEATH IS A GOOD THING? WELL, LOOK AT IT THIS WAY, THAT, YOU KNOW, IF EVERY UNGODLY PERSON, LET'S JUST TAKE Genghis KHAN, WHO IN ANCIENT HISTORY IS ONE OF THE BIGGEST MASS MURDERERS THAT EVER CAME ON THE FACE OF THE EARTH, BUT, YOU KNOW, Genghis KHAN, YOU COULD TALK ABOUT HITLER, STALIN, THE PHARAOHS. WHAT IF IT WAS IMPOSSIBLE FOR PEOPLE TO DIE? ALL OF THOSE PEOPLE WERE STILL ALIVE, AND WHAT IF THEY GROUPED TOGETHER, AND TOGETHER THEY FORMED AN ALLIANCE? JUST THINK OF HOW DEVASTATING IT WAS. STALIN, THEY SAY, MURDERED UP TO AS MANY AS 60 MILLION PEOPLE. HITLER WAS 6 MILLION JEWS, PLUS ALL OF THE PEOPLE THAT DIED IN WORLD WAR II, AND ON AND ON and YOU COULD GO. IF THESE PEOPLE WERE TO COME TOGETHER AND SOMEHOW OR ANOTHER FORM AN ALLIANCE, JUST THINK OF THE DEVASTATION THAT IT COULD DO ON THE EARTH. SO SEE, ONE OF THE THINGS THAT DEATH DOES ONCE SIN HAS ENTERED INTO THE WORLD, IT LIMITS SATAN. AND IT LIMITS WHAT SATAN IS ABLE TO DO, BECAUSE IF NOTHING ELSE, DEATH PURGES THE HUMAN RACE OF SOME OF THESE DESPOTS AND SOME OF THESE MASS MURDERERS AND THE THINGS THAT THEY DO. AND SO THINK ABOUT THIS ALSO, THAT EVEN FOR THOSE WHO ARE, are RELATIVELY NICE AND ARE TRYING TO LIVE A GODLY LIFE, THINK OF THE HURT AND THE PAIN THAT COMES INTO THEIR LIFE. THINK ABOUT PEOPLE THAT WERE BORN WITH DEFORMITY, SOMEBODY THAT, SAY, FOR INSTANCE, WAS MENTALLY UNSTABLE AND THEY NEVER WERE ABLE TO DO ANYTHING. THEY WERE JUST IN A VEGETATIVE STATE, BUT IF THEY COULDN'T DIE AND THEY LIVE FOREVER IN THAT, THAT WOULD BE TERRIBLE. THINK ABOUT A PERSON THAT JUST HAS HAD CONSTANT PAIN, A PERSON THAT HAS DEFORMITIES THAT KEEPS THEM FROM DOING THINGS, AND ON AND ON. EVEN THOUGH DEATH WAS NOT PART OF GOD'S ORIGINAL PURPOSE FOR MANKIND, ONCE SIN ENTERED INTO THE EARTH AND BEGAN TO CORRUPT THE EARTH, DEATH IS ACTUALLY BETTER THAN LIVING FOREVER IN THIS BODY. NOW, FOR THOSE THAT REJECT THE SALVATION THAT JESUS MADE, DEATH IS GOING TO USHER THEM IN TO A CHRISTLESS ETERNITY 
AND THAT'S GOING TO BE TERRIBLE. BUT FOR THOSE WHO WILL ACCEPT THE GIFT OF SALVATION THAT JESUS HAS MADE, DEATH IS ACTUALLY A GLORIOUS THING. SO MUCH SO THAT THE APOSTLE PAUL SAID IN PHILIPPIANS CHAPTER 1 THAT HE WAS IN A GREAT STRAIT BETWEEN TWO OPTIONS. ONE OF THEM WAS TO STAY HERE ON THE EARTH, WHICH WAS MORE NEEDFUL FOR THE PEOPLE, BUT THE OTHER ONE WAS TO GO AND TO BE WITH THE LORD. AND HE WAS SO EXCITED ABOUT GOING TO HEAVEN THAT HE ACTUALLY SAID THAT I WOULD, YOU KNOW, I WISH THAT I COULD LEAVE AND JUST GO TO BE WITH THE LORD. Uh, THERE'S OTHER PLACES WHERE THE SCRIPTURE SAYS, SECOND CORINTHIANS CHAPTER 5, THAT TO BE ABSENT FROM THIS BODY IS TO BE PRESENT WITH THE LORD. WE GO IMMEDIATELY INTO THE PRESENCE OF THE LORD. AND OF COURSE, JESUS TALKED ABOUT THIS IN THE 14TH CHAPTER OF THE BOOK OF JOHN, WHERE HE SAYS, IN MY FATHER'S HOUSE ARE MANY MANSIONS. IF IT WERE NOT SO, I WOULD HAVE TOLD YOU. I GO TO PREPARE A PLACE FOR YOU, AND IF I GO AND PREPARE A PLACE FOR YOU, I WILL COME AGAIN AND RECEIVE YOU UNTO MYSELF, THAT WHERE I AM, THERE YOU MAY BE ALSO. AND IT SAYS IN ISAIAH CHAPTER 65, VERSE 17, THAT HE IS GOING TO CREATE A NEW HEAVEN AND A NEW EARTH, AND THE FORMER THINGS WILL PASS AWAY, AND THE FORMER THINGS WILL NEVER EVEN COME TO MIND. IN REVELATION CHAPTER 21, VERSE 4, IT SAYS THAT HE WOULD WIPE AWAY ALL TEARS FROM OUR EYES. THERE WOULD BE NO MORE SORROW, NO MORE CRYING, NO MORE PAIN. AND SO IF YOU, if you TAKE ALL OF THE THINGS THAT THE BIBLE SAYS ABOUT THE ETERNITY THAT GOD HAS PREPARED FOR THOSE WHO LOVE HIM, WELL, THEN, YOU KNOW, YOU CAN ACTUALLY LOOK FORWARD TO DEATH. AS THE APOSTLE PAUL DID. NOT THAT YOU EMBRACE IT IN THE SENSE IT WAS SOMETHING THAT GOD NEVER INTENDED, BUT IN A FALLEN WORLD, IT'S BETTER THAN LIVING FOREVER. GOD HAS PREPARED SOMETHING BETTER. HE DID NOT WANT US TO LIVE FOREVER IN THIS FALLEN WORLD. AND THAT'S WHY HE DROVE ADAM AND EVE OUT OF THE GARDEN SO THAT THEY WOULDN'T tr EAT OF THE TREE OF LIFE AND LIVE FOREVER. SOME PEOPLE HAVE SAID THAT, NO, HE DROVE THEM OUT BECAUSE HE WAS HOLY AND THEY WERE UNHOLY. WELL, THERE'S NO DOUBT THAT GOD IS HOLY PURE HOLINESS, AND MAN SINNED AND BECAME UNHOLY. BUT YOU CAN SEE IN THE FOURTH CHAPTER OF GENESIS THAT HE WAS STILL WALKING AND TALKING WITH MEN AND FELLOWSHIPPING WITH THEM. HE DIDN'T DRIVE MAN AWAY FROM HIS PRESENCE. HE DIDN'T BREAK RELATIONSHIP AND FELLOWSHIP WITH MAN. HE DROVE THEM OUT OF THE GARDEN, ACCORDING TO GENESIS CHAPTER 3, SPECIFICALLY SO THEY WOULD NOT EAT OF THE TREE OF LIFE AND LIVE FOREVER. AND SO IT WAS ACTUALLY AN ACT OF MERCY AND THAT HE DROVE MAN OUT OF THE GARDEN BECAUSE HE HAD SOMETHING BETTER PLANNED FOR THOSE WHO WOULD ACCEPT WHAT JESUS CAME TO DO FOR US, LIVING FOREVER IN ETERNITY IN A GLORIFIED BODY WHERE THERE'S NO MORE SORROW, NO MORE CRYING, NO MORE PAIN. THE FORMER THINGS WILL NEVER EVEN COME TO MIND. IT SAYS IN ROMANS CHAPTER 8, IT SAYS THAT THE SUFFERINGS OF THIS PRESENT WORLD ARE NOT EVEN WORTHY TO BE COMPARED TO THE GLORY WHICH SHALL BE REVEALED IN US. IN OTHER WORDS, HEAVEN IS GOING TO BE SO AWESOME THAT IT DOESN'T MATTER HOW MUCH A PERSON HAS SUFFERED HERE ON THIS EARTH. IT DOESN'T MATTER WHAT THEY'VE GONE THROUGH. IT DOESN'T MATTER HOW DEEP THEIR SORROW AND GRIEF WOULD BE THAT WHEN WE GET TO GLORY, THE THINGS THAT HAPPEN HERE AREN'T EVEN WORTHY TO BE COMPARED TO WHAT GOD IS GOING TO GIVE US. AND THAT'S AWESOME. SO SEE, IF YOU TAKE THE BIBLE AND IF YOU GET A BIBLICAL PERSPECTIVE ON DEATH, THEN IT CHANGES THE WHOLE WAY THAT YOU LOOK AT THINGS. YOU KNOW, FOR INSTANCE, I'VE LOST MY DAD WHEN I WAS 12 YEARS OLD. MY MOTHER DIED IN 2009, AND MY SISTER JUST DIED A FEW YEARS AGO. 
AND I CAN HONESTLY SAY THAT WITH MY MOTHER AND WITH MY SISTER, AND THERE'S BEEN A LOT OF OTHER PEOPLE I KNOW. I JUST HAD uh, ONE OF MY BOARD MEMBERS IN ENGLAND DIE LAST YEAR, AND I WAS AT HIS FUNERAL. AND, YOU KNOW, I CAN TRUTHFULLY SAY THAT I HAVEN'T SHED A TEAR FOR THEM. NOW, I MISS THEM, AND I WOULD LOVE TO SEE THEM, BUT IT'S REALLY NO DIFFERENCE. YOU KNOW, MY BOARD MEMBER THAT WAS IN ENGLAND, I DIDN'T SEE HIM MORE THAN ONCE OR MAYBE TWICE A YEAR, BUT I KNEW THAT HE WAS STILL THERE. AND NOW THAT HE'S GONE TO BE WITH THE LORD, IT'S BECAUSE I HAVE A BIBLICAL PERSPECTIVE AND I KNOW WHAT'S GOING ON. IT'S REALLY NO DIFFERENT THAN JUST, YOU KNOW, I KNOW THAT THEY'RE STILL ALIVE. MATTER OF FACT, THEY ARE MORE ALIVE NOW THAN THEY HAVE EVER BEEN ON THIS EARTH. AND I COULDN'T BE SORROWFUL FOR MY MOTHER DIED. MY MOTHER WAS 96 WHEN SHE DIED. AND THE LAST uh, TWO YEARS OF HER LIFE, SHE WAS TOTALLY HEALTHY UNTIL SHE WAS 94, AND THEN SHE HAD SOMETHING HAPPEN, AND and, uh, THE DOCTORS PUT HER ON SOME MEDICINE, AND THE MEDICINE JUST uh, BROUGHT HER DOWN TO NOTHING. AND SO THE LAST EIGHT TO NINE MONTHS OF HER LIFE, SHE WAS ON uh, HOSPICE CARE, AND SHE WAS REALLY GETTING FEEBLE AND FRAIL. AND EVERY TIME I'D CALL HER OR EVERY TIME I'D GO SEE HER, SHE SAYS, ARE YOU PRAYING THAT I'LL DIE? AND EVERY TIME BEFORE I LEFT, SHE WOULD MAKE ME JOIN HANDS WITH HER AND PRAY THAT SHE WOULD DIE. SHE WAS READY TO GO. AND I MEAN, SHE KEPT SAYING, WHY CAN'T I DIE? AND I SAID, LOOK, uh, YOU KNOW, you'll, YOU'LL GO AT THE RIGHT TIME. AND SHE WAS NOT AFRAID OF DEATH BECAUSE SHE HAD A BIBLICAL PERSPECTIVE. AND THE WEEK BEFORE SHE DIED, I WASN'T THERE THE WEEK BEFORE SHE DIED, BUT HER HOSPICE WORKERS WERE WITH HER, AND SHE WAS TALKING TO PEOPLE. SHE WAS SEEING THINGS. AND ONE OF THE PERSONS THAT SHE WAS TALKING TO, SHE KEPT TALKING TO WAMACK, AND SHE KEPT CALLING OUT WAMACK. AND THEY SAID, they, WHEN I SAW THEM, THEY SAID, WHO IS WAMACK? AND I SAID, THAT WAS my, WHAT MY MOTHER CALLED MY DAD. MY DAD USED TO BE THE PRINCIPAL OF THE SCHOOL THAT MY MOTHER WAS TEACHING AT, AND THEY HAD A NO FRATERNIZATION uh, POLICY, AND SO THEY COULDN'T DATE, THEY COULDN'T SEE EACH OTHER OUTSIDE OF SCHOOL, AND SO THEY HAD TO HIDE IT. AND HE WOULD DRIVE BY HER APARTMENT AND HONK, AND THEN HE'D GO PARK AROUND THE CORNER, AND SHE'D GET OUT AND GET IN THE BACK OF THE CAR AND LAY DOWN, AND THEY'D GO TO ANOTHER TOWN, AND THAT'S HOW THEY DATED. BUT THEY HAD TO KEEP THIS THING GOING, SO SHE CALLED HIM MR. WAMACK, YOU KNOW, BECAUSE HE WAS THE PRINCIPAL OF THE SCHOOL. AND SO uh, AFTER THEY GOT MARRIED, SHE WAS STILL CALLING HIM MR. WAMACK, AND THEY WENT DOWN AND VISITED MY RELATIVES, MY FATHER'S BROTHERS, AND SHE WAS CALLING HIM MR. WAMACK, AND MY UNCLE SAFFY SAID, LOOK, YOU'RE GOING TO HAVE TO DROP THE MR. SO SHE QUIT CALLING HIM MR. WAMACK AND JUST CALLED HIM WAMACK. AND THAT'S WHAT MY MOTHER CALLED MY DAD THE WHOLE TIME. AND ANYWAY, SHE WAS TALKING TO HIM, AND HE CAME, AND THERE IS A REAL WORLD OVER THERE. SEE, THIS IS WHAT THE BIBLE TEACHES. THE BIBLE TEACHES THAT DEATH ISN'T THE END. NOW, THAT IS A HUMANISTIC, THAT IS A SECULAR, THAT IS A CARNAL WAY OF LOOKING AT THINGS. AND SO PEOPLE THAT DON'T LET THE BIBLE INFLUENCE THE WAY THEY THINK, DEATH IS JUST TRAGIC FOR THEM. YOU KNOW, I HAD A FRIEND OF MINE THAT HIS FATHER GOT BORN AGAIN, AND uh, HE WAS WITH HIS FATHER IN THE HOSPITAL AS HE WAS DYING, AND RIGHT ACROSS THE HALL IN THE HOSPITAL WAS, was HIS FATHER'S uh, SISTER. SO HIS AUNT WAS RIGHT ACROSS THE HALL, AND SHE HAD REJECTED THE LORD, AND SHE DID NOT ACCEPT THE LORD. AND SO MY FRIEND WITH HIS FATHER, THEY WERE IN THERE SINGING SONGS, AND HE WAS WORSHIPING THE LORD, AND HE WAS JUST HAVING A GLORIOUS TIME. THE LORD WAS MINISTERING UNTO HIM. YOU KNOW, THE BIBLE SAYS, PRECIOUS IN THE SIGHT OF THE LORD IS THE DEATH OF HIS SAINTS. 
AND SO GOD IS THERE. HE'S PRESENT WITH PEOPLE AS THEY PASS FROM THIS LIFE INTO THE NEXT LIFE. AND SO THIS MAN WAS JUST WORSHIPING THE LORD. BUT ACROSS THE HALL WAS HIS SISTER WHO HAD REJECTED THE LORD AND NOT ACCEPTED THE SALVATION THAT JESUS OFFERED. AND SHE WAS ACTUALLY TERRIFIED. SHE WAS SCREAMING AND YELLING AND IN TORMENT AS SHE DIED. DID YOU KNOW WHAT THAT WAS? THAT WAS TWO DIFFERENT WORLDVIEWS. ONE HAD A BIBLICAL VIEW OF DEATH. THE OTHER ONE HAD A CARNAL, SECULAR VIEW OF DEATH THAT, SAD TO SAY, IS PROBABLY DOMINANT AND GENERAL. THAT'S THE WAY THAT MOST PEOPLE ARE. AND BECAUSE OF IT, THERE WAS JUST TOTAL FEAR ASSOCIATED WITH IT. YOU KNOW, LET ME USE THIS EXAMPLE. ADOLF HITLER AND DIETRICH BONHOEFFER, THEY WERE BOTH GERMANS, AND THEY BOTH DIED IN APRIL OF 1945. AND DIETRICH BONHOEFFER WAS A GERMAN CLERGY, AND HE ACTUALLY ESCAPED TO THE U.S., BUT THEN HE FELT LIKE HE OWED IT TO HIS GERMAN FELLOW CITIZENS TO GO BACK AND TO FIGHT HITLER. AND SO HE CAME BACK VOLUNTARILY, AND HITLER HAD HIM IMPRISONED. AND FINALLY, ON APRIL THE 9TH OF 1945, BONHOEFFER WAS SENTENCED TO DEATH. NOW, BONHOEFFER IS THE ONE WHO... YOU'VE PROBABLY HEARD THIS SAYING BEFORE. HE'S THE ONE THAT SAID, SILENCE IN THE FACE OF EVIL IS ITSELF EVIL. GOD WILL NOT HOLD US GUILTLESS. NOT TO SPEAK IS TO SPEAK. NOT TO ACT IS TO ACT. AND THAT IS POWERFUL. THAT IS REALLY GOOD. AND SO DIETRICH BONHOEFFER WAS IN PRISON, BUT THEN HE WAS STRIPPED NAKED ON APRIL THE 9TH, 1945, AND HE WAS PUBLICLY EXECUTED. AND HE WAS TALKING TO ONE OF HIS FELLOW INMATES THE DAY OF HIS DEATH, AND HE TOLD THIS FELLOW PRISONER, HE SAYS, THIS IS THE END, BUT FOR ME, THE BEGINNING OF LIFE. AND SO DIETRICH BONHOEFFER WENT OUT, EVEN THOUGH HE WAS HUMILIATED, EVEN THOUGH IT WAS ALL UNJUST, INSTEAD OF THERE BEING GRIEF AND sorrow AND ALL OF THIS, BECAUSE HE HAD A BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW, DIETRICH BONHOEFFER WENT OUT GLORIFYING GOD AND RECOGNIZING THAT DEATH IS ACTUALLY THE BEST PART OF LIVING. NOW CONTRAST THIS WITH HITLER, WHO JUST A FEW DAYS LATER, ON APRIL THE 20TH, HE CELEBRATED, IN QUOTATIONS, HIS 56TH BIRTHDAY, AND HE WAS SO DISTRESSED. AT THIS TIME, GERMANY WAS JUST ABOUT IN THE LAST THROWS OF THE WAR, AND THEY WERE CLOSING IN ON HIM, AND HE WAS LIVING IN BUNKERS UNDERGROUND. AND ON HIS 56TH BIRTHDAY, JUST 11 DAYS AFTER BONHOEFFER WAS EXECUTED, HITLER HAD TO BE SEDATED BECAUSE HE WAS SO DEPRESSED. THEY HAD TO SEDATE HIM SO THAT HE COULD COME OUT AND GREET HIS FELLOW BUNKER MATES. SO BONHOEFFER'S FAITH GAVE HIM THE COURAGE TO STAND AGAINST THE GREATEST EVIL OF THE 20TH CENTURY, AND HE WENT OUT WITH A SHOUT, TRUSTING GOD, SPEAKING HIS FAITH, AND LOOKING FORWARD TO WHAT WOULD COME AFTER DEATH. HITLER, HE ACTUALLY WOUND UP COMMITTING SUICIDE ON APRIL THE 30TH, AND HE WENT OUT IN GRIEF. NOW, WE DON'T KNOW EXACTLY ALL OF THE THINGS THAT WENT ON AT THE LAST, BUT I DO KNOW THAT ISAIAH CHAPTER 57, VERSE 21 SAYS, THERE IS NO PEACE, SAITH MY GOD, TO THE WICKED. AND I CAN GUARANTEE YOU, HITLER WAS WICKED. AND BECAUSE OF THAT, I CAN GUARANTEE YOU, HE DIDN'T HAVE THE SAME ATTITUDE THAT BONHOEFFER HAD. SO IT REALLY JUST COMES DOWN TO WHAT IS YOUR WORLDVIEW? WHAT IS YOUR WAY OF LOOKING AT THE WORLD? ARE YOU LOOKING AT THINGS THROUGH THE WORD OF GOD, AND IS THAT HOW YOU PROCESS AND REACT TO THINGS? OR DO YOU DEAL WITH THINGS BASED ON 
just, you know, your own understanding or what is the common uh, way of looking at things in this world. And sad to say, most people are being more influenced by our secular culture than they are by the Bible. So I really believe that this is critical for me to teach on a biblical worldview. Look at this passage of Scripture in Colossians chapter 2 and in verse 8. It says, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of man, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. You know, our English word, beware, this is a combination of two words, be and wary. Here's what the dictionary defines. Noah Webster's dictionary defines wary as to be cautious, literally to restrain or guard oneself from, hence to regard with caution. And actually, the origin of this word, it was the combination of two words, be and war. And it was talking about that we have to be on guard. We are in a war. And you know, a lot of people don't understand this, but there is evil in this world. Satan is not just a concept. It is not just some kind of a force. He is a real person. There are real demons. The Bible teaches that Jesus cast demons out of people, and it is a real force. And whether you know it or not, we are at war. Ephesians chapter 6 talked about that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not just a physical battle, but we are fighting against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places and says, Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. This isn't just word pictures. This isn't just symbolism. There is a real battle going on, and we have to be on guard. Beware. Be at war, lest Satan come and spoil us. And this word spoil here isn't talking about the way that meat spoils or fruit spoils. This is talking about when you go out and you fight an enemy at war and you kill your enemy and then you take the spoils. You strip them of everything of value that they have on their person. This is saying, beware lest Satan spoil us. Take from us the great things that God has done. You know, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 says, Unto me, who is less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So we have riches in Christ. And he's saying, be on guard. You are in a battle. Satan is coming against you. And if anybody is thinking that what I'm teaching on a biblical worldview, well, this really isn't that important. It's not that bad. You're destined to lose this war. I can guarantee you Satan is coming against you every single day. And in our age, in our technology age, in our communication age, the Christians today are being fought against more than any group of Christians that I believe have ever existed on this planet. We are being bombarded. You know, used to, even when I was in Vietnam, did you know that communication was such that when something happened in the United States, it took about two weeks for the news to get to Vietnam. We were in a remote fire support base, and it was about two weeks. I remember when the Kent State riots happened, that it was two weeks later when we finally heard about it in Vietnam. And in previous generations, that's the way that it was. But nowadays, Christians, you have all of the tragedy that is happening all over the world piped into your house, into your phone, into your devices, and you hear in real time everything that's happening. 
AND NOT ONLY THE THINGS THAT ARE HAPPENING, BUT NOW WE HAVE OUR NEWS MEDIA THAT HAS GONE TO BEING uh, SEPARATE FROM JUST NEWS AND REPORTING WHAT IS HAPPENING, AND THEY ARE CONSTANTLY PROJECTING AND PUTTING FORTH THE TRAGEDY THAT'S GOING TO HAPPEN. MAN, I HOPE THAT BLESSED YOU. I TELL YOU, I'M GETTING INTO SOME THINGS HERE, HOW ESSENTIAL IT IS TO HAVE A BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW. YOU NEED THIS. YOU NOT ONLY NEED THIS FOR YOURSELF, YOU NEED IT SO THAT YOU CAN SHARE THIS WITH OTHER PEOPLE. SO PLEASE LISTEN TO OUR ANNOUNCER. HE'S GOING TO BE GIVING YOU DETAILS ABOUT HOW YOU CAN GET THIS BRAND NEW SERIES THAT WE HAVE ON BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW FOUNDATION SERIES. TODAY, ANDREW'S PLEASED TO OFFER HIS HIGHLY ANTICIPATED SERIES, BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW, FOUNDATIONAL TRUTHS. In this series, Andrew outlines the importance for every Christian believer to have a biblical worldview. Each of the 12 lessons in this series include a video, audio file, chapter lesson, and printable PDF wrapped in a single box set containing a workbook, audio USB, and a personal access code to the online videos. Each lesson is full of supporting facts, quotes, charts, and historic visuals. Through the online platform, you'll have lifetime access to all of the videos and digital workbooks on your computer or smart device. Biblical Worldview Foundational Truths is available for only $120. Go to awmi.net to order this valuable resource today for you or someone you love. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. Before you were even formed in your mother's womb, God already had determined a purpose for your life, a God-given purpose. God has a purpose to train you in what you're called to do, and I tell you, Karis Bible College is the place for that. Man, if you want a life change, come to Karis. Come on to Karis! The next two to three years could be the most powerful time of your life. If you sit under the Word for four hours a day, for five days a week, for two or three years, I guarantee you, you are going to have God speak to you and start revealing purpose to you. Every one of you are created for a purpose. Do you know what that purpose is? I want this ministry to prosper and I want it to go as far as possible. So for me, being a partner is partaking in the blessings as well as giving support to people to tell them that we're behind them and, and we want to be part of what they're doing. It's just awesome to be able to put good seed in good ground. And every blessing of Andrew's we feel and know that it's a blessing of ours. Jamie and I are here just to thank you so much for being partners with us. I tell you, we are reaching around the world. I remember when Jamie and I were it. I would run the sound while she was doing the praise and worship, and then she'd come back and run the sound while I was preaching. We did it all ourselves. Now we have so many people helping us, and it couldn't happen without you. It's very true. We're very thankful for our partners and what they're doing, and you're going around the world too, and everything that this Amen. ministry does. 
Amen. So we just wanted to say a special thank you and uh, we love you. And every good thing that is happening through this ministry, you're going to share in every one of those rewards. So God bless you. Thank you for being a partner with us. If you're not already a partner, you can become a Grace Partner today by calling our helpline or going to awmi.net. I tell you, I'm excited. God is going to do something special during these meetings. I am enjoying this conference so much, I literally cannot wipe the smile off my face. Seeing Andrew is great, and being able to meet him was awesome. He speaks into your life like no one I know. I mean, he makes the Word come alive. Andrew's teaching and the love that he has for God's Word and truth, it is the gospel truth. 